0: Hello and welcome to the Movie Podcast. My name is Daniel and I'll be your host this week. Alongside me virtually, as always, is the one and only Shay and the yeah, one and only as well too, Anthony. How are you guys doing today? I'm, I'm doing, doing pretty well. good. Oh, answer well, answered at the same time. It's yes. nice. We are living in a post Last of Us Part 2 world. We have the game. <laughs> we're playing it. We're experiencing it. How are you guys doing with it so far?
1: Uh... It feels like it's been a very long time since our last episode. I don't know why it feels like that, but it really does. It does, And I think that's because the anticipation towards this game was just like, it was like the longest time period. Uh, and Thursday night, um, you know, we started playing and uh, man, like I, we will definitely dive into the game in more spoilery details down the road. But uh, wow, I just,
2: that's my first impression is just, I'm absolutely blown away. Yeah. How about you, Anthony? If it wasn't a game, it was just like cinematic cutscenes. I would be like, man, this is a this is such a great movie. Yeah, <laughs> the, it's, the way it's- they, they shot and the the whole story behind it, and um, but yeah, I'm again, I'm not as far as you guys, but I start I started playing on Friday here and there, and then Saturday I spent the whole day kind of driving through most of the part of the game or. I'll say the first part of the game, um, even today I had a chance to play a little bit. But um, yeah, so far so good. So we'll see yeah, what it, it's the it, end. It cr-
0: looks like it's crazy. Like it's crazy. Like um, the the night came out office. You started playing at midnight, and I haven't I haven't had an all nighter in like years. I'd say like I can't even remember the last time I did one. But I literally started playing at midnight and then Shay as well too. We ended up stopping at like six and 30 in the morning or something like that. and I think, like 30, yeah. I think we could I think we could have still kept going if we wanted to. <laughs> we could have but we're just like let's let's just take a break let's take a breather so we can uh, we can make sure we enjoy this.
2: Did you guys mm-hmm. play in the dark? like did you like, oh like yeah. to play it in the dark. I
1: actually played it blindfolded, so that it made oh, it, wow. it made it a lot harder. I'll be honest with you. I haven't finished the first level. Yet, even. <laughs> I'm like Daniel. Yeah, I, I, I haven't. I haven't done anything yet. Yeah, Shay, you're at a wall. You're stuck on a wall right now. <laughs> I'm like, okay, okay. Um,
0: it's very scary, even during the day. Like, it's the amount of like uh, jump scares in the game is getting me, and of course, at nighttime, everything just feels so much like heightened and scare, more scary. So. Um, I, I did beat the game and like Shay said we'll be talking about that soon which is a good um, segue into some of the announcements we have for this week so we do have a last of us part two spoiler cast coming up we'll probably be having that coming out in the next couple of weeks we're going to coordinate a date and hopefully we won't have to wait too long but we're really happy because we're going to be having our friend Matt from the entitled uh, movie podcast and Nate from geek centric join us for that as well. Um, We have a great commentaries on our channel or on our feed is uh, sorry on our feed here in the movie podcast. So Game Night, Sicario, Spider-Man, they're all available. So if you want to watch a movie and feel like you're sitting in the same room with us, that is the closest you could come besides sitting in the same room with us.
1: That's the closest you can get without having to pay us
0: exactly it. Yeah. And that's a whole other topic. Uh, if you want to catch up, we have some amazing episodes in our uh, repertoire of episodes. So, of course, if you haven't listened to it yet, highly recommended our most important episode, I'd say, is our Black Lives Matter episode from a couple weeks ago with Asha. The conversation is not stopping. We have links in our description below how you can educate yourself, donate uh, your time, your money, whatever you can. Um, make sure you check that out and see um, – the importance of this because again like we said this conversation is not stopping um we also have a great episode where we talk about the snyder cut coming hbo max and of course we have our interview with director kevin lima who you'll know from the director of, of a goofy movie tarzan enchanted so definitely check that out uh last week shay and i wrapped up our guest appearances on survive and endure a last of us companion so definitely check out a link to that below all of our show notes, you could be found in the description, oh, sorry, in the show notes for the show. So check that out. A lot of great reading in there and a lot of great information's in there. Wicked. Gentlemen, are we ready to get into the news?
1: I think so. Oh, yes. wait, so are we, uh, how are we doing this again? Is it all three of us?
0: Let's, uh, I mean, let's, let's skip, you know, we, we have to keep trying, you know, sure. we have to keep trying. <laughs> so I'm going to say, I'm going to introduce the news and then we're going to do it. We're gonna try and do it. How about that? Sounds good to me. Let's get into the news. <laughs> no, it's it's okay. Well, one of these days we'll get it. See, on my Maybe.
1: end, it sounded perfect. <laughs>
0: Did <laughs> it? My okay, end, it sounded perfect too. I'm gonna go with it. I'll I'll take your guys' word for it. It sounded good.
1: Yeah so first
0: news story this week welcome to the dc fandom this is the dc comics press release so save the date and prep your cosplay on saturday august 22nd starting at 10 a.m pacific time warner brothers will welcome fans everywhere into the dc fandom a free virtual fan experience where no badge is required slight little jab at comic-con there imagine all the superheroes and all the supervillains you've ever loved finally coming together in one place to celebrate dc's past present and future accessible for 24 hours at dc com. The global event will immerse fans into the DC multiverse, where new announcements from WB games, film, TV, and comics, as well as an unprecedented opportunity to hear from the cast and creators behind some of your favorite films and TV series. Now, some of the characters and movies that will be popping up is everything from The Batman, Black Adam, um, DC Legends of Tomorrow, Stargirl, Doom Patrol, The Flash, Harley Quinn, Stuff from the Snyder Cut, Justice League, Pennyware, Shazam, like this the Suicide Squad, like there's so many things that are gonna be here. This is the place to go for DC news. Um and we won't have to wait too long. So this is going to be happening in August. So this is almost like a replacement for like E three and for Comic Con and a bunch of events all in one. What do you guys think of this?
2: I'm super excited. Man, some of those movies, like to think you think they'll have like some footage. So, like you know, Batman and and um, Star Girl and all these other in the Snyder Cut series, it's it's great because these are this is the news that we've been waiting for for so long. Um, such a you know the last past the past five months have been such a downer. So. This is great to see the you know, DC is continuing to deliver content for their audience. How about you, Shay?
1: Yeah, I mean, um, this is it, the only thing that worries me about this is on our last episode, we talked about how, you know, Comic-Con is doing their event. Um, and I think one of the, the concerns you brought up is because it's going to be free and open now, will Comic-Con now be kind of watered down? Um, and I think now that the studios have the ability to kind of do their own virtual events, I think that not, I don't think that WB or DC is going to bring too much to Comic Con. Or if they do, it'll all be like, stay tuned for DC fandom for more information about this. Um, so it kind of makes me go, okay, maybe Comic Con is going to be a bit of a dud. But it's got me excited for this because this looks like a. It just looks wild. Like most people are just doing a simple two hour, you know, conference, but they're like, no, 24 hours, we're just going to throw shit right at you.
0: Yeah. It looks like it's going to be insane with announcements. And uh, like last year, I remember us reporting that DC skipped Hall H. So this isn't the first year that DC is, I guess, not doing something at Comic Con, but. This is the first year that they're really taking on their own events, and I dig that because they have enough properties between film, television, and gaming to really bring the hype announcements now. So I'm really hoping that they're going to be bringing some fire when it comes to this in August.
2: For me, like, you know, Comic-Con, the idea of Comic-Con and all like the curated um, studios coming in and under like one house, like one place. Um like I never understood. Like that doesn't make sense. Why don't you just do your own press conferences? Just like you know, yeah. you know, Sony does their own press conference, and you know, Google or an Apple do their own. They should all do their own. It doesn't make sense that all come under one house to do it or one event to do it. Um, and I'm looking forward to this more than seeing it in Comic Con because it just sometimes it gets so overwhelmed with information and content that you you miss things. But if you just go to the DC version, then you'll see everything DC, you know?
0: Nah. Yeah. And that's and I think that's been the argument for a long time with events like Comic-Con and E3 where you kind of just get so lost in the news cycle of n- announcements all day long, all week long, that you're not getting that, that news cycle to yourself. Where when you have an event like this, that whole week, that whole day, that whole weekend – we're going to be talking about dc things only that's what's going to be our mind share and i think that's going to really help them out in the long run cuz this is where we're going to see footage for the batman this is where we're going to hopefully see uh wb montreal's next game for batman and finally get that announced um like this is this is where we're going to see all of that and i'm i'm really really excited mm-hmm Moving on, the Oscars have been pushed back to April 25th, and the eligibility window has been extended. This is coming from Scott Feinberg of The Hollywood Reporter. As a result of the global pandemic, the 93rd Academy Award ceremony has been pushed back from February 28th to April 25th. The Academy of Motion Picture Arts and Sciences and its Oscars broadcasting partner, ABC, announced on Monday. In turn, the Oscars eligibility period, I don't know why I'm struggling with that word today, eligibility period for feature films, which began on January 1st, 2020, was set to expire on December 31st, 2020, has now been extended to February 28th, 2021. So we're getting an extra two months in there. Um, Shay, what do you think about this?
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I think we discussed this as well, that, hey, listen, what's going to happen with this year's Oscars? Um, and, I, and I'm sure as we get closer and closer to the date, we'll, we'll find out more information about how is it going to be, um, you know, broadcasted? Are they going to do anything different this time? Are they going to have new um, categories? Uh, it, it, again, it, it totally makes sense them to push it back. I mean, it's been a bit of a dry season for films. Um, we've had some good ones come out on, you know, premium video on demand, but have you guys personally felt anything is Oscar worthy yet so far? Uh, well, the last of us part two. Can, <laughs> yeah. can we just nominate we, we that? Can add that in. Yeah, we can add that in for sure.
2: Yeah. Uh, what about, Defy, what about you in the five bloods is probably the,
1: yeah, the five right bloods that stands out probably the easily, the, the biggest easily. one, right? That, that's, that's kind of come out for us. I agree. So I'm forward to.
2: Oh, sorry. You're, go ahead. No, no go ahead.
1: You're looking forward to I'm what? Just,
2: I'm looking forward to a different, like an Oscars in the springtime, which is fun <laughs> rather than watching it in February when it's cold.
1: Are you watching you know, it outside?
2: Would, no, but like you, <laughs> you're, you're watching it like in the cold. You like you know it's cold outside, and you, you I don't know, and you watch <laughs> these guys in Hollywood, and they're they're warm. <laughs> So at least you can be I, warm with them.
1: I've never felt that way, but you know what? Maybe this year I'll I'll, I'll see how I feel different. I no, know. I, <laughs> I heard that was a controversy. You know, Oscar's so cold Oscar's was last year. I think <laughs> I was gonna say, I'm like, wow, I've, I've never paid attention to the fact that it's cold outside when I'm warm but in I my mean, house. It, it,
0: they're in they're in Hollywood
1: though, so it's still hot there.
2: I know, but now we can enjoy both the warmth.
0: Okay, and watch it together. So
2: here's my question: If the Oscars are, I guess, uh, premiering in April or showing showing up in April, does the Golden Globes get pushed to March? Because that's usually they're a month away from each other. Usually, yeah,
0: yeah. That's that's a great question. We just heard is that uh, you know, or we know already that Tina and Amy Poehler, Tina Fey and Amy Poehler, are going to be returning. They haven't announced if that's changing um the emmys are going to be hosted by i believe jimmy kimmel this year
2: yeah i saw that
0: yeah we saw that that's still in september but that's also tv show so i doubt that gets affected um but yeah it'll be interesting to see if the golden globes shifts or like the sag awards or the baftas all that kind of stuff gets moved because of this because you you would assume that you would want to have the same eligibility period for all of them
2: Imagine no, not that film. That <laughs> film came out two days too late.
0: How it's dare an Oscar they
2: nominated? It's going to be an yeah, interesting
0: overlap, though. Yeah. All right, moving on with the news this week. Star Wars Celebration is canceled amid coronavirus pandemic. This is coming from Graham McMillan, also from the Hollywood Reporter. Star Wars Celebration is the latest big entertainment event to be upended by the ongoing novel coronavirus pandemic. The convention, organized by Reed Pop in partnership with Lucasfilm, has been canceled ahead of its late summer date. It's the first time the event has been canceled in celebration history. The event was scheduled to run August twenty seventh to thirtieth at the Anaheim Convention Center. Fans who purchase tickets can now receive a refund um or have their tickets transferred to the next Wars celebration which is set to take place in anaheim from august 18th to 21st 2022 um no big surprises here that this is getting canceled i wish they were transitioning to an online event but i also understand that you know there's a lot that goes into these things but i'm surprised they're not transitioning to some type of online um i guess just Parallel of this, mm-hmm. um, uh, Anthony, what's your thoughts on this?
2: Well, like it makes sense. Um, so, Star Wars Celebration brings in a bunch of people, um, and usually they're in a in some sort of like stadium or some sort of convention center that they're showcasing content. And you can't be six feet apart at this time, you know. There's there everything's being canceled at this this moment. Um, anything that's a huge. Uh, a, People drawer is going to be kind of canceled, and you know, for the remaining twenty twenty, I would say it's a write off to have any type of convention based um, setting, and and worry and not worry about this spreading or COVID. Per- uh, someone with COVID spreading it through that that um, that event. Mm-hmm. So true,
0: Shay. What about you? What are your thoughts?
1: Yeah, I mean, with all these events being canceled and or moved around, um, I I I agree with Anthony. I wish they kind of just went down the uh, digital route, Um, but I'm I'm not too concerned either. I feel like I personally feel like Star Wars needs a bit of a break right now. Like they need to take that time off to kind of um, you know come back a little bit stronger next time, uh, considering the fallout from. Rise of Skywalker, or was that, that's what it was called, right? Rise of Skywalker, the
0: Rise of Skywalker. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. Like it's I, that movie has escaped my memory completely. I don't even remember it uh for good reason. So, I mean, if they took some time off, which I guess clearly they are, you know, come back stronger. Whether in twenty twenty two, I think everyone's hopeful that we'll be back. You know, in person, two inches apart or whatever. So let's see. It's good
2: yeah, to have for a break. Sure. Truthfully, we just finished, you know, the last Star Wars uh, episode. Yeah. Um, so, like, these the celebration—I don't know what the hell they talk about during these celebration convention thingies. Like, <laughs> well, how much well, Star it's Wars its own can there event, be? Right. I know, but like, just to think, like, how much can you really talk about this? I mean, you could do an online version of a celebration.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. People, yeah, because it's up not as just Chewbacca like uh, and
2: Webex yeah. and, and inside and. They can all like <laughs> celebrate, right? Let's use our technology, yeah, but, just like yeah. they do in Star Wars. I'm
0: sure, I'm sure they'll have a Star Wars focused event because, like, they were probably going to show footage from like the Mandalorian and maybe like like just I guess announce other series or shows. But it's like a, it's like it's like a Comic Con just devoted to Star Wars. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, it's gonna it's gonna be interesting to see what comes out because it is such a wait now till 2022. I'm curious if Star Wars is going to have some type of online-focused event. We will have to see. But continuing on with some more COVID-related news stories, Um, Universal's Jurassic World Dominion is on course to be the first major studio movie back underway in the UK, Uh, and we have some detailed safety protocols revealed. This is coming from Andreas Wiseman of Deadline. Universal's Jurassic World uh, Dominion is set to be the first major studio movie to restart filming proper in the UK, we can reveal. Cameras are due to roll the second week of July, July 6th, at Pinewood Studios. Universal has confirmed. The filmmakers and the studio Top Brass have pulled out all the stops to get the production back underway after it was halted by the pandemic in mid-March, four weeks into a 20-week shoot. In recent days, production staff have been implementing rigorous safety protocols on site and a two-week pre-production period, sorry, and a two-week pre-production period will begin next week. The plan for us is to start shootings early to mid July, a senior universal production executive confirmed the safety measures will include the commission of a private medical facility called your doctor to manage the entire production's medical needs COVID training for all the cast and crew on-site doctors, nurses and isolation booths, 150 hand sanitizer stations, nightly antiviral fogs, more than 1800 safety signs put up around Pinewood and green zones for shooting cast and crew masks will be obligatory other than actors while performing wow there's <laughs> wow. a lot of stuff going in could you imagine the movie with just them wearing masks though like i'm just trying to they're going to cgi it. out the masks that's what they're going to do oh god it's gonna look so bad because it's gonna be like, like henry justice cavill in justice league nope yeah um obviously there's a lot to unpack from this but it's 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 scary and surreal to see all these things being put in place, but obviously this is what we want to see put in place for the safety mm-hmm. of everyone involved, right? If this is what it's going to take for us to start getting new movies, then this is what we got to do. Mm-hmm. Shay, what do you think?
1: Yeah, no, I uh, it's 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 gonna come to a time period. I know that uh, the UK has been doing a little bit better in terms of their um, their their numbers, so that's that's a good sign. And I know things are starting to reopen there too, so. Um, these movies that are being shot overseas, I think, will finally start to get release date. And movies being shot in the states, um, I don't even know when that's ever going to happen. So, movies like this, we talked about Mission Impossible as well, kind of going back into production, uh, would be will be cool. Will be very interesting to see. I think the only thing that can really happen in the states is anything post production related right now, because everyone's been doing that from home yeah yeah and a lot
0: of studios have been kind of adapting to that online environment and making sure they have equipment at home to even do that so Mm -hmm. uh anthony what do you think
2: yeah like it's um it's crazy to think that these are all the things that we have to put in place to um make a movie happen um but yeah they're doing their due diligence and trying to protect everyone on set and making sure that you know everyone's safe and and you know, sanitized and non infected because remember this is the most infectious uh, virus out there. So, you know, one person having it can spread so quickly so fast and it only takes one. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's good to see that, you know, Europe is kind of opening up to, to star film productions again. Uh, Shay, you brought up a huge point that who knows what it looks like in, in the, In the U.S., when it comes to making a film, it's crazy to think that a lot of films might have to jump to Europe to kind of like shoot to get ready for the 2021 or 2022 um, season. Do you guys think that'll happen?
1: Like, do you think that the movie studios will say, okay, we're going to relocate this whole shoot to countries that we can emulate to look like the States just so that we can start filming? Yeah, it could be more expensive, but I guess having a film on the shelf... Mm -hmm. Might be more expensive.
2: Yeah, it's yeah,
0: huge.
1: Um,
2: yeah, I don't, it's
0: it's definitely a possibility.
2: Canada's big one. I don't know how that works when people travel abroad, like how they come over, um, because it's not just like four people; it's it's a huge crew, <laughs> right? Yeah. So I don't know what the like the the rigmarole when it comes to bringing people over, especially when our borders are closed. I know Europe is a little bit more open right now, but. Canada Mm -hmm. and the U.S. are completely closed, only to say, for instance, if your work really pertains there, or if you have like very close relatives.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I mean, look, I mean, what a difference though from two months ago when you know Europe was literally just a giant—it was a hot zone, like a hot zone on the map—and now I think the U.S. had five times the amount of coronavirus cases on Friday or something like that. It's just—they're
1: going for it's absolutely
0: yeah you know it's absolutely crazy but it's nice to see that things are starting to slowly transition back safely of course that's the biggest priority of safety and hopefully we'll start to see like the fruits of their labor soon because if they're going back you know we also know that avatar is going back to start shooting in new zealand and there was that mandated two week isolation as well too when they arrived so they can make sure everyone's safe so Mm -hmm. um yeah there's a lot of a lot of stories like this coming out. We're starting to see more things resuming filming and you know, it's, it's good for us because we have stuff to talk about as well. And that was a nice little pause there for you. Just making sure you're still paying attention. Our last, our last story of the week, Cineplex unveils plans to reopen starting June 22nd. This is coming from Eton blessing of the Hollywood reporter. Canadian exhibition giant Cineplex says it will open six theaters in Alberta on June 26th before it expects to reopen the rest of its domestic circuit in early July as regulatory guidelines allow. In all markets where Cineplex is permitted by government and health authorities, it plans to reopen as many of its locations as it can on July 3rd, 2020, or soon thereafter as per- permitted by law. C- uh, Cineplex sent in a statement on Monday, on Friday, Cineplex doubled down on its commitment to let each customer decide if they want to wear a mask inside its theaters, joining fellow domestic chain Landmark in a rare major policy decision that doesn't follow in lockstep with U.S. theater op- operators. Both companies explained that while staff would be required to wear masks and personal protective equipment, their companies were relying on guidance from Canadian health authorities and, and Ticket buyers. After a major backlash on social media, AMC executives swiftly changed course by saying that masks would be mandatory in all locations. Other US exhibitors followed suit, updating reopening policies. Uh, including Regal Cinemas and Alamo Drafthouse. Regal owner Sinworld is to reopen in the U- U.S. and the U.K. movie theaters starting on July 10th. So there's a couple different um, things that we're going to pull from here. Uh, probably the biggest news story this week was that AMC wasn't going to require masks. Now we're hearing on top of this that Cineplex isn't going to require masks either. yeah. Um, there's a lot to pull from here. So, uh, Anthony, I'm going to get you to open us up with this.
2: Require masks. I don't know. What do, what do you want me to say? You want me to call them and say, just just do it? And just do it for the next two, three months? Like, there's no biggie?
0: I feel like you're being a little hustled towards me, though. I just want to let you know that this isn't my this is statement. This isn't my statement.
2: I just don't get it. Like, what are you worried about that people who don't wear your masks? Who who don't wear masks won't come to the theaters. That's a good thing because maybe they have the freaking virus. You know, the the (laughs) the mask is a, a sign of respect to to make sure that you know you're respecting the guidelines of this pandemic and you're you're preventing if you have this virus spreading. Even though you might not have it, it's just good etiquette for the time being. This is not for a million years. It's not like you're gonna live your life. People are just. Like They just don't get it through their heads. Oh, you're a pussy for wearing a mask. Oh, you believe in this stuff. Dude, like in the past four months, a lot of people have died and a lot of people have been infected. Don't bring up the flu. Don't bring up influenza. Don't bring up any of that stuff because in the past four months in the world, this is the most infectious disease that has ever hit the world. So um, Yeah wear the fucking mask, or I'm going to put one on you. <laughs> <laughs> it's, 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 uh,
1: wow. Okay. It's,
0: it's funny though. Cause like, it's, it almost like, you know, I had a, I actually had a, a conversation with Sarah Van Lang, who's the, um, the communications director for Cineplex and her and I were just talking and, you know, I tweeted out saying like, this isn't a political thing. Health isn't political. AMC said that they don't want to wear masks because they don't want to be political. And that's such a bullshit to say. That's not a political statement Health isn't a political issue uh, in this case. Like just, just have the masks, and you know, she she assured me that they're you know they're taking the precautions, and you know across the board, the staff is going to wear it. I'm just really curious to see now what this is going to look like. If they get backlash, they're already getting backlash. If they're going to change this, and just as a business standpoint, I get that they want to bring as many people as possible into the theater. Still, um, you know, the people who want to go to the movies. And want to wear masks? That's probably a a good number of people too. So you're either going to have people going to the movies without masks, or people going to them all wearing masks. And I'd rather be in the in the latter. And mm-hmm. just as a company too, like you know how much money they can make on getting branded masks. I'm just saying, like, have mm-hmm. you put the tenant logo on a mask and let me buy that for five dollars? Yeah, I'll do it to wear it in the movie theater. Are you kidding? Or just oh, it's or just something
1: it's not going to be 5 bucks. They're going to make it like 15 to 35. <laughs>
0: but but you know what I mean though? Like like if I was Warner Brothers, like you could literally have those promotional materials instead of giving away a poster, give away a mask that you could wear the theater. Oh, like easily. it just something it's just something as easily. silly and like that's not even silly. Just a little idea like that where people would be like, "Oh, shoot. Yeah, this is my mask that I got for this movie." Yeah, it sucks I have to wear masks. Sure, but like I'm being safe and also rocking a movie branded mask. Who cares? Like just, just do something like that to make it like just not feel like such a a hassle. It's just a mask. It's not even a hassle. What do you like? What are you upset
1: about? I don't understand. I know I've given my, um, my strongly worded positioning on masks before. Like it's the most bizarre thing. I, I genuinely Get riled up when I see people outside in public areas. In terms of like, I, I went to a, I went to a restaurant the other day to pick up some food. To, it was a just takeout, and uh, it, the sign outside said wear a mask. So I was like, oh, I'm already wearing one. Look at that, I'm already ahead of the curve. I walked in and two people were not wearing a mask inside, and I just was like, what the fuck are you doing in here? Get the fuck out of this place and go put on a fucking mask. Either put tape over your mouth, or get a mask. <laughs> it's not hard it's really not hard and it's don't even tell me that oh you can't find a mask there are six thousand websites every single brand that i know has made a mask now even brands you won't even think of are making masks now so get out there and just like you were saying daniel as you were saying it honestly when in the initial part where you're saying cineplex you know might be carrying or not they should put masks literally right by the goddamn popcorn stand look cineplex if you're listening to this podcast and i hope you are um (laughs) I don't want to sound rude. I I, I generally want to sound concerned as a film goer, as someone who is, you know, been going to the movie theater twice a week, pretty much, I'd say for all my life. Maybe that's minimum, I'd say. Uh, Yeah. We would like to feel safe in your theaters because we are the ones that are going there. The casual movie goer that comes there that doesn't wear a mask, you're not gonna lose that on those people because they don't give a fuck anyways, and it doesn't matter. Just I, I I just implore you, Cineplex, to reconsider this movement or this stance that you have. And I'm sure you will. I'm sure there'll be enough backlash. Maybe, you know, you did it because you want people to to have that uh, that angry reaction, and then you change your mind on it. I don't know what it is, but just please enforce a mask rule because then we'll feel a bit safer coming to theaters i honestly don't even know right now if i wore a mask if i would go to the theater because sitting two hours wearing a mask in a the theater right now would kind of give me some anxiety i feel personally but i mean we'll 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 see what happens
0: do you think that's what they do you think that's where their mind is at right now in terms of we want people to sit in the Cedar for two hours wearing this mask. We don't want this. I
1: don't know. I honestly, I just, I don't even know what, what no, because you got,
2: you got people always wearing masks in theaters, you know, when they do their friggin' you know, they dress up as these characters. They're they're, they're not wearing
0: those the whole movie though. But I mean like they're, but again, like their employees are wearing them their entire shifts. Right. So, yeah. I mean, it's a two hour commitment. So start practicing. Yeah, you know it's so not it's, it's not a hard uh, it's not a it's not a hard ask. So I'm hoping that we'll get some news from that this week. You know, in Toronto and the GTA, we're still a hot zone for COVID cases. So we'll even see what this week brings with news and whatever I, comes I, of that. I
1: honestly think that by early to mid July, we'll be open for uh, movie theaters.
0: Yeah, and it's yeah. it's kind of a bummer, you know. I was at uh I was at a store today, a hardware store. And literally, it's just kind of like a free for all. You everyone's inside, most people aren't wearing masks, employees aren't wearing masks. Like like I get seeing going somewhere and having a temperature check and doing this and doing that. It's it's a little off-putting, sure, but like that's what you want to see happening. I get more upset and nervous when I don't see that happening because mm-hmm. I don't feel like people take it seriously.
2: Yeah. No, I agree. Yeah. Yeah. 100% agree.
0: All right. Let's move on and let's get into some trailers. 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 It wasn't bad. I like that. I like that. Uh, So, we got a bunch of new trailers this week. First off, Palm Springs, which is coming to Hulu in July. This is from Andy Sandberg. What do you guys think of this trailer? It was okay.
1: All right, Shane. What did you think? No, no. Go go ahead, Anthony. If you had more to add, no. It's like
2: it's it's good. It's like a you know the modern Groundhog Day scenario where the day continues over and over again. Every day is the same day over and over again, and it's just Andy Samberg and uh, I think her name is Kristen Miloti, Mil 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 something. Uh, But yeah, yeah, sure. Like. I don't know. I don't know what. What do you want me to say? There's nothing that's gonna <laughs> yeah. be, like amazing I just about this film. I just want to
0: make sure you know that I didn't make this movie, right?
1: <laughs> You're so angry at us. We, we're okay it's with not, that. It's not like You're we can okay even watch
2: it. It's going to be on like Neon and Hulu, so we don't get any of those here. So what the hell's Neon? Oh my
1: god!
0: Well, Neon's never a production heard of Neon. they've released parasite.
2: Yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah. Sure. But it'll, yeah, it'll be on Neon, <laughs> Neon and Hulu.
1: Shay, what do you think? It's only going to be on Hulu and not Neon because Hulu is the one that is going to distribute it.
2: Oh, okay. Uh, My bad. Yeah.
1: It's okay, man. Welcome to the movie podcast. Um, I, yeah, I thought it was. I, I mean, like, I didn't die of laughter in the trailer. I mean, I know that um, it, most comedies, they, they try to show you some funny stuff, but they keep the good I would, I would hope to keep the good stuff for the movie. I like Andy Sandberg a lot. I mean, I think Lonely Island is just the funniest thing ever. So. Uh, I'm excited for it. I don't know how it's going to be or <clears throat> how I'm going to be able to watch it, but, uh, you know, let's let's see.
0: I agree. Uh, we also got... I'm just going to go rapid fire for through the next three, because I don't know if there's much discussion for them, but uh, we got an animated trailer for Deathstroke Knights and Dragons, which is going to be uh, a DC animated movie coming right to home release. Uh, we have another one coming home, right to home release. Deep Blue Sea... Three.
1: This is one that I'm looking forward to.
0: Man, uh, I, weirdly, I weirdly, I really love the first Deep Blue Sea.
1: Oh, it's a guilty pleasure.
0: Um, but I have not seen two, and I'll <laughs> most likely not be seeing three.
2: Yeah, I still don't <laughs> uh, understand got, why they can't see g sharks. I just don't get it. Like they're man. just
0: they use the same one from like 2002. Is it weird the,
2: that the, the, first,
0: the first, first one was like better. in the 90s? Right, first the first one
1: looked way better. Than this yeah. one, yeah. And there's like 20 years between these two films. Like, yeah,
0: 1999 was Deep Blue Sea. Wow, shark yeah.
2: development in CG should be as easy as you know tying a shoe.
0: Yeah, or <laughs> just just get real sharks, just train real sharks.
1: Yeah,
0: yeah. Uh, we also got a trailer for a drama thriller movie with Jude Law called The Nest. Um, so that's something that came out this week.
2: Man, I but thought this kind was of- an A two <laughs> film.
0: It looked like it, right? Like I, I was man. just waiting for some weird, really supernatural good. thing to happen. Really, yeah, it was really cool. good.
2: I, it was cool. I would say this is my trailer of the week.
0: Really? Jude Law's
2: performance is like fantastic. I don't even Could know what it's about. Did you see
0: the
1: trailer, Shay? Uh, no, I didn't, but I will watch the trailer.
0: Yeah, it was very interesting. Yeah. Uh, randomly, as well, we got a random clip for Justice League, the Snyder Cut, uh, showing a little tease of a scene that, of course, was not in the 2017 movie. And my god, already what a difference in just color grading pacing and like this 20 second clip. I'm like, Oh, wow, maybe there's something here.
1: Yeah. This was was very uh, cool.
2: Was that a Hans Zimmer score that I heard in that? It was uh, man. So much better. How can a two second scene make this movie (laughs) better? I just don't get it.
1: Yeah. I was already like, okay, this is a lot better than, uh, than what we saw from Mr. Elfman. And, uh, Uh, mr what's his name again whedon yeah
0: josh josh whedon yeah 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 so we saw that and we'll be seeing more of that as we said at the dc fandom in august uh the last trailer that just came out today the day we're recording this on sunday night the king's man so this is a nice surprise that we got a, a new look at this this is coming out september uh the king's man matthew vaughn's prequel to the kingsman series shay what did you think about this trailer
1: I thought it was Wicked. I mean, it was very cool, very Matthew Vaughn. Uh, Matthew Vaughn, you'll know from directing Kick-Ass, the first and second Kingsman movie as well. And, I mean, he's boys with... um, Oh, my God. Guy Ritchie? uh, Guy Ritchie, that's it. I was just forgetting his name. And if if you've heard of his other films, he directed Layer Cake, which is what got... Daniel Craig, the job for James Bond. So he's got a very cool style. He's, he loves music. And I think in all of his trailers, he puts some wicked songs, that songs that you don't think are going to be in a trailer. Like, I didn't expect the songs that were going to be in this one, but they were added in so well. Um, but I, I hope it's good. The second Kingsman movie is, is with its faults. It's it's not as strong as the first film. Um, but yeah, I, I really hope they course corrected with this one.
0: Yeah, definitely. I mean, like this. This one felt so um, Matthew Vaughn. The way they were shot, the way that that kind of pan out of the, or that, I guess that dolly out of the submarine was so cool. How that just you just shot you right out of there, like you were the rocket being shot out of. It It was really, really cool. Okay. It's actually just stylistically a
2: torpedo.
0: was it or the torpedo? That's what I meant to say.
2: Yeah, it's a torpedo. Um,
0: but yeah, it was just really, really cool how they uh, how they made that all look. So I can't wait for this. I wish we got to see it already this year, but. Now we gotta wait till September, so well we was we it, find out who the, we year? really see it was supposed to be February, right yeah right, yeah,
2: yeah we see the the main villain this time too. We see Rasputin or one yeah. of the villains i don't I don't know what the whole who the main villain is, but Rasputin is in there, and he's the guy who never dies right he's that Russian from the um nineteen hundreds that you can't kill, so pretty cool,
0: yeah, and the, he's the one that the, the Bonnie M song was after.
2: Yes. yes, yeah.
0: Yes. <laughs> all right. So that's all the trailers we got for you this week. Uh, we also have out this week another new movie release. This is John Stewart's Irresistible, uh, which is coming to video on demand and iTunes and Apple TV and all that on June 26th. Uh, this star is stars Steve Carell, uh, Rose Byrne, um, Chris Cooper, we, uh, uh, Mackenzie Davis. Like we have a lot of. Um, did I, is it Mackenzie Davis? Am I? It making, is Mackenzie am I making Davis. That up? mackenzie davis deep yes. Corell,
2: chris cooper mackenzie davis to- topher grace Nista- natasha leon and rose Byrne.
0: yes um and it's like he's trying to get somebody elected and it's like a, a politician like a, so there's a lot of politics going on it looks interesting i hope it's good because again watching new movies is good uh so we'll have to wait and see this week with the release of that um shay what have you been watching but before we get to that Okay. Before, hey, I'm to I want to get you primed, but I just want to, I I just want to say, we will be talking about The Last of Us, the three of us. We're not getting to any spoilers today. We're just kind of giving our overall impressions of the game, and then we will have a full on spoiler cast, like we said, with our friends Nate and Matt in a couple weeks. Um, so we'll be giving our impressions of that after we get through everything else we've been watching. But Shay, what have you been watching this week?
1: Yeah, this week was a very, uh, I, I'd say probably the least that I've ever watched. Ever, you know, in, in my life, I'd say. Um, I, well, I guess, I mean, in terms of hours spent, I definitely watched a lot. But I, in terms of what I watched, not that much. And one of the things that I watched was Ex Machina, which is the Alex Garland uh, A24 um, film that came out 2014, I want to say? 2015? Maybe a little bit later. Ex Machina? Yeah. 2014.
2: 2014, wow. yeah. That was 2016.
1: No, it's much older. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Twenty fourteen. Yeah, yep. um, I remember I had I had an advanced screening to this, but I was I don't know what happened. Daniel, you and I didn't go, and uh, Alex <laughs> oh, Garland, yeah, boy. Alex Garland came to that screening, and oh, I was it was upsetting. But uh, I absolutely what were loved we doing this. that day? I don't remember something probably not important. Well, um, we obviously don't. It wasn't important because we don't remember it <laughs> exactly. But I remember not going to this. But um, yeah, I just I just remember that uh, this film. It was a very, very cool film for that time in terms of its special effects and storytelling. And I and I kind of wanted to just watch it again because it's been so long. Uh, and, and it holds up. It's, it's got great visuals. It's got amazing acting by, you know, um, Dom Hall Gleason, uh, who you'll know from Harry Potter films, and also Alicia Vikander. I think she's just wonderful. She just does such a great job bringing this depth to the role. And obviously you have Oscar Isaac, who plays this, you know, tech-minded billionaire that, you know, you just like this Elon Musk kind of character that is just so far up his own ass. So a very, very good film. <clears throat> I played a lot of Uncharted The Lost Legacy. Uh, I've been trying to get the platinum trophy for that and also in anticipation for The Last of Us Part Two, I wanted to kind of get back in the Naughty Dog, you know, frame of mind. So I, I definitely enjoyed playing that. I haven't gotten the platinum yet, but I'm getting very close. <clears throat> but the one thing that I want to talk about is I started watching this show um, called Remy. And I I only had ever heard of it when he won the was it the best actor for was it best Golden Globes right Golden uh, best actor in a comedy that's it and I had never heard of this guy before or the show and he gets up there and he actually like impressed me with his speech because it was very funny and relatable so I was like okay I'll put this on my radar and I, I never got to it and then I I think Daniel you were telling me that in season two. Uh, Mahershala Ali's in it, and I'm like, okay, you know what? Yep. I, I I gotta I gotta give this a shot because I just love Mahershala. And if you have Mahershala in your show, it's got to be a good show. So the show is basically about this, you know, Muslim American named Remy and his family, and it in the show kind of just takes you through there through his day to day and his life. He's just growing up in America, wanting to be a better Muslim, but at the same time, he's also got Western ideals. But on top of that, every episode will deal with different subject matters. So there'll be an episode just focused on his sister, for example, or his mom or his dad. And seeing all these side characters getting their moment to shine, I think, is one of the best parts about this show as well. Um, The show, which I didn't realize until the first episode ended, is actually an A24 television show. So that's why the the production quality and the writing is so strong. And he's he's one of the head writers in the show as well um the show if i can describe it if you're ever familiar and i and i hate to use these two shows as an example just because of the controversy that's now surrounded them and i hope this show doesn't go down the same path but uh shows like louis by louis ck and uh, master of none by aziz they have this very similar style of relatable real world humor and this show does a great job with that as well. And then like I said, in season two, you have Mahershala Ali playing a, a very big role. And the, the 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 Mahershala that we see in it is just it's just phenomenal. And I honestly I highly recommend this show. Again, it's A 24 it's on Hulu, but I think it was on sale on iTunes. That's where I picked it up myself. Um, it's just it's it's highly recommended. It's really funny and it's super relatable. And seeing people that are of my faith in on a television show, it's rewarding. And it's, it's nice to see that it's not just a, your typical cookie cutter. Oh, they're Muslims in America kind of show it. There's a lot more depth to it. I think you can be of any race, any gender, any color wanting to watch this show. It's not, it doesn't, you know, pigeonhole itself into one thing. So to both of you, I I definitely recommend this show.
2: So I, um, I just (laughs) subscribed to stars. Um, it's, week, on there, so yeah. it's on there. Yeah, it's on there. I'm like, what the hell is this stars? I always see stars, stars this, and I had a whole bunch of stuff that I wanted to watch. So, I subscribed to it on Amazon Prime for 30 days, and man, they have a good library, dude. Like, I would here. if
1: I were you, man. I'd watch the show in the 30 yeah. days that
2: you got. It's well, yeah, like I've, I'm pretty sure I will. Like I always, I you were you brought up the the point of his, um, you brought up the time that he did his his speech when he won his best actor. Uh, was it an Emmy? Golden yeah. Globe. Globe. Olden Globe. Olden Globe. Olden Globe. Yeah. yeah, he really impressed me. And I was like he, he was relatable in the sense that like, oh, he's like he's a younger comedic actor who who's different than you know normally what we usually see. Um so yeah, when I subscribed to it, I saw it on I saw it on there. I'm like, oh I'll give this a try. So that's good that it's a great uh, great TV series. I'm looking forward to watching it.
1: Wicked. Yeah, and I
0: think just like what you said, Shay again. Um, I think just having a relatable human character is it's not something that we see all the time with comedies because, you know, even though we don't have as many sitcoms anymore, a lot of the time with comedies, it's so over the top situational humor that it just kind of it doesn't feel relatable anymore. And
2: mm. it's
0: good to have things that are an escape, but it's also have something that just kind of connects with you on a human level. Because I think those are the ones that we remember so much, and especially going back to the you know the days of Louis, like you said, or Master of None, like those are shows that you just really just thought about those characters, and you just felt that they were real characters. They didn't feel like they were just they were acting on TV. This felt like I'm learning. Like this is a show created by the person who's starring it, because starring in it because they want to they want to say something. And mm-hmm. Remy feels like that. It's definitely on my watch list, so I'm, I'm definitely going to check
1: it out.
2: Is it a dark comedy? Like Louis, Louis is a dark comedy. Like he has like dark ideas in his um, in his episodes.
1: There's there's definitely moments of that, Anthony. Like where th- there's an episode, for example, of uh, a um, an ex military white guy who wants to become Muslim, but he's suffering from so much PTSD. Now I know that sounds heavy as hell, but there's a lot of comedy in this show as well that kind of lightens that weight. But it also doesn't take away from the fact that is a serious subject as well. So um, what's nice about the show is when you're watching it, you're laughing at the moments that they want you to laugh at. And you're feeling the weight of the moments that really are serious. So the, they tell you how to feel almost in a way in the show. So you don't ever feel like, okay, I'm feeling sad or I'm feeling heavy. I'm just feeling what the show wants me to do.
0: That's good. That's good. That's great. Anthony, what have you been watching this week?
2: Um, so I'm still watching Snowpiercer. So I, I, I think I'm on episode five now of the TNT series. That's also premiering on Netflix uh, once it premieres on TNT. So still interesting story. Love it. Uh, I put on Trial by Media. It was a yes. I, I wanted to get into some more um, documentary style um, TV shows, which are probably my number one thing that I love the most. Um, So I put trial by media and I watched the first two episodes, which was talk show murder, which I didn't know about. Um, And that is a story about a uh, two people who appeared on a Jenny Jones show. And after the Jenny Jones show episode premiered, one of those guys killed the other guy. So I won't dive into the whole story, but it was really, really interesting. I didn't remember this at all. Uh, it's crazy right like just uh
0: like again not not revealing everything but like the fact that like the guy who was on the show was on there and then this guy that he knew one of his friends revealed that he was gay and he liked him and it just and and this the show we've spoken about the show in the past like i just love that the show shows these cases these Uh, crimes that happen in the world through the lens of the media, especially in the eighties and nineties. Like we've spoken about how that's really when that 24 hour news cycle was coming into play more
2: Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm.
0: and seeing how these were all covered by the media. Then it's a great series. So I'm glad you're watching it, Anthony.
2: Yeah. Um, I recently bought close encounters of the third kind and I thought I'd put it on and watch it because I've never watched it before. Um, very interesting film. Very like watching it now and knowing Steven Spielberg's like library of films, it's so yes it's Steven Spielberg's in the sense because it's like, you know, sci-fi and it's aliens and it has very much E.T.-esque um kind of like scenes. Um but it wasn't my cup of tea. And I don't know why. I tried to watch this film and try to like understand the way it was edited or was told. And I just couldn't get into it. Even after like right to the end, I'm like, what is happening? Like, w- like what was the vision for this movie? And I know at the time when it came out, which I think it was
1: the ninety one?
2: 1977 there isn't a, a lot little of bit like, further away never <laughs>
0: um
2: there wasn't a lot of like sci-fi films that really touched on like being a real like this could happen and i love how they used um music to kind of communicate it's kind of like um <laughs> the fur, like i if i were to compare it to anything it's like a rival you know it's it's like yeah. very high intellectual kind of thought process into what we would expect aliens to be when it came to interacting with them and how we would communicate through our different languages so yeah like i, I don't know maybe i'll give it another try later on in in the year but i just I just, it didn't feel like a Steven Spielberg film, even the way it ended. It didn't even feel like a Steven Spielberg, like it ended in a way that, man, they can make another version of this film as a sequel. Yeah. But um, I don't know. Have you guys watched Close Encounters of the Third Kind?
0: I haven't. I watched it when I was younger and I remember being terrified of it growing up, but I haven't watched it probably since I was like nine or 10.
2: Yeah, this is, it's, it's, it's a it's a beautiful film the way it's shot like the cinematography is fantastic but like the way it's edited it's like there's no clear idea of what like beginning middle end it's like you're just thrown into this this um this dilemma that's happening in the world and then you just kind of roll with it so i would say if you've i know you guys might have recently bought it give it a try I, I- watch it let me know how you guys think about it because it's it's, it's an interesting film i just couldn't Couldn't get, I couldn't like it.
1: Yeah, I bought it the same day that you kind of mentioned it. I've I've never seen it myself, but is this the one with the shot of the door?
2: Yes, the red door, and there's a kid in front of it. Yeah, it it stars, uh, what's his name? Uh, Oh, what's his name? Mr. Holland's Opus Guy. Uh
1: Uh-huh, Okay.
2: Oh Dreyfus. <laughs> <laughs> yes, the guy from the, Jaws,
1: oh, Dreyfuss, guy from Richard Jaws yeah, Richard oh, yes. Dreyfus. Yes, Richard yeah. Dreyfus, <laughs> <right>. Yes, <laughs> Mr. Mr. Hogan <laughs> Dawes. Yes, of course. Yes. Yeah. How could I forget Mr. Hogan Dawes? Um <laughs> yeah. No, I, I honestly i it's always been a movie that I've been curious about, but I mean I don't think I've ever watched it. Maybe as a kid I might have been on, but I doubt that I have. So I, I picked it up because it was on sale, like you said, and maybe, yep. uh, maybe one day I'll give it a watch. I mean, you didn't really sell it to me, but, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but maybe one day I'll, I'll put it on. Yeah.
0: yeah. And it was nice. Cause they, we picked it up. It was 4k and on and iTunes extras and all that stuff. So maybe it's like, why not? Well, mm-hmm. it didn't, it, why not? it didn't cost a lot. Right. Um, yeah. It's uh, I'm like, I'm curious to go back. I feel like, that's the case with a lot of movies, even just kind of going back to the seventies and eighties and watching movies. There's an interesting way like of, of pacing to them. That's very different from movies of today. So yes, it's, it's very, very it's much. a very, it's just a very different way of how films were made then.
2: Mm-hmm. For myself. Um, yeah.
0: I, wow. This, go ahead. Oh, so you're still going. I'm, I apologize. So yeah, I still
2: have three, I have three films left, Daniel.
0: I, I'm sorry, Anthony, my, yeah. my sincerest apologies.
2: Um, I also watch rush hour, rush hour two and rush hour three. Damn. So, Cause I How's subscribed that? to Star, you know, so here was the thing I was on Netflix and I'm like, okay, I want to watch something. Oh, rush hour three is there. Let me look for rush hour two or rush hour one. No one had it. No one, like all the streaming services that I pay for didn't have it. So I had to sign up to stars, which I was able to watch rush hour and rush hour two. Um, Rush Hour, fantastic film. I think it's like one of the best comedies of the 90s. It's just great action comedy. Um, great chemistry between um, Chris Tucker Chris and Tucker. Jack Chan. Um, Rush Hour 2, another great film. Rush Hour 3, not so great. That came out in not 2007. So great. Interesting fact though Roman Polanski plays the French detective or French chief in that film. I'm like, why does this guy look so familiar? I'm like, oh shit, it's fucking Roman Polanski. And he's playing like this French dude who's who's uh the chief of he's literally beating Jackie Chan and Chris Stucker with a phone book. It doesn't oh, help French. that
1: Brett Ratner directed that film either yeah, yeah. that piece of shit. Him and Roman Polanski just, you know, sitting there on set being like, hey. Yeah. He-
0: how many yeah and again like if you're if you're that. wondering why there's a lot of hate for Roman Polanski and Brett Ratner just google their names that's yeah. all that's all it takes That's, that's all, all you need, need. that's yeah. all you need
2: and yeah and I've been playing last of us part two now you okay. can go Daniel
0: thank you Anthony I, I appreciate your um, your acknowledgement and acceptance of my apologies uh, this week I didn't watch a lot I literally the only new thing that I watched this week Was the king of Staten Island, which Shea watched last week. It came out on VOD and everywhere uh, last Friday. This stars Pete Davidson, kind of playing a movie version of himself. Uh, I really enjoyed this movie. You know, this is a movie that is directed by Judd Apatow, so you know it's going to have that blend of dramedy, uh, sorry, drama and comedy dramedy. Um, And I just, I just really like Pete Davidson's character in this movie and the trials that he goes through as somebody who is just in their mid twenties, trying to find something to do, but also not being motivated and being lazy and um, dealing with the loss of his dad from a young age and just trying to find his path in life. And I felt like it, it, and felt like a very modern movie because it dealt with a lot of things that I think 20 people in their twenties deal with now and just kind of finding a job and finding their place and, needing that belonging and relationships and all of that. And uh, just like Shay, I, I, I really enjoyed it. I think it was just a little, a little, it was a little too long. I think this movie is about two hours and 15 minutes. Uh, so I think, I think they could have easily maybe shaved off a little, a little fat from this movie to really tell your story. But again, this is Judd Apatow. His movies are typically longer. His comedies are a little longer. So um, I did not, uh, feel like I wasted my time in it, and Bill Burr was a standout for me in this, and I, I honestly think that he'll be recognized next year as best supporting actor. Like I think his name is going to be mm-hmm. in that conversation because he was uh, I, I he agree. was great in
1: it. I agree. I agree with that last statement as well. I mean, he did a fantastic job. Um, you know, it, it's crazy about, about Pete Davidson. I mean, I, from what I recall, his his dad did pass away as, as a firefighter, and you know, I think it was in nine eleven. So. To, to see a film so close to that about his life is it must have been hard to make these kind of movies you know especially when it's so relatable to you so you can really tell that his performance that he's giving in it is is pretty much all there
0: yeah it was, um, it was a really well made movie and uh, you could rent it now if you like it's available of course on all services if you want uh, this week as well I, I went back of course just like Shay I wanted to immerse myself back in the world of a naughty dog game so i went to uncharted 4 their last i guess major full release game because you know lost Legacy was a little bit smaller um expansion or whatever you want to call it but uh uncharted 4 i was going back just to finish up the platinum on that game and i did and it felt nice to finally hear that platinum chime come in and kind of officially say goodbye to this game because for the last few years i've been really struggling trying to get this trophy on it and it finally unlocked so that was my journey this week and of course the last of us part two was a huge chunk of all of our times this week so i think it's safe to say that we could uh, start talking about this game a little bit more and um just to tee it up this is the sequel to the 2013 game starring one Joel and one Ellie. And now this game is now four years after the fact. Um, Shay, why don't you tell us about your thoughts of this game as somebody who's been playing it the last few days?
1: Yeah. So, I mean, obviously our, this conversation is going to be very spoiler free. I, I, all I really want to touch on is if you have, if you have seen spoilers online, this game, because, you know, back, was it April, um, a lot of the stuff leaked. Uh, don't worry. Um, what I can tell you so far is that this this game is going to still surprise you by a lot. And by when I say a lot, I mean like the trailers and everything that you've been kind of seeing um, have been doing a really good job of keeping what is the core of this game under wraps. And uh, in terms of, of evolution, you look at the sequel and you want a sequel to kind of progress itself. Uh, it, this literally makes the first game feel very clunky and almost not unplayable, but it just makes it feel so rigid because this game is fluid. It's it's beautiful. Um, I, I I pause more often in this game to take pictures than I am actually playing it. So it, it's definitely well shot, well directed. Um, but overall, the writing in this is, is phenomenal. Again, the, the lead writer is Hallie, Hallie Gross, who is from Westworld. And you can tell that she's brought a lot of that writing style into this game. Um, as you're, if you don't watch... So if you don't play video games... This is still something that I'd suggest trying to find a playthrough of it or if you know a streamer that you like to watch watch this game still because even as a film it's mm-hmm. it's amazing. It's such a cinematic experience.
2: Mhm. I'm in the same boat like um I when I didn't play Last of Us when it came out in 2013, I actually played it about I want to say like 2 years ago.
1: I remember I, I, I forced th- you to
2: yeah, I bought the remastered version of it for my uh, PS4. And that was, alone, such a great story. And you know it's going to get better because Naughty Dog doesn't really make a bad game. So this version is 10 times better than, than the first one. And mm-hmm. it's a friggin' dark game. It's a, it's a very, very, very dark game. And it's brutal and it's there, there you jump from so these different com- complexities where it's one scene you could be like you know living in your town being happy and the next one you're <laughs> literally slitting someone's throat blood's gush, gushing out your 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 you have blood on your face and you're just trying to survive so this game really makes you feel like holy crap there are these infected people out there trying to kill me. And I don't know if it's just like the new mechanics. Like there are sequences where you're running, and it's just like, holy shit, I gotta run because if I don't, this thing's gonna catch me, or these things are gonna catch me. There's swarms of them chasing you. Um, I think the the character development for Ellie is fantastic. She has, and it's it's so fitting for this movie to come, or this movie, sorry, this game to come out right now because it is a kind of like a Father's Day game in a sense like it because she is you know ellie and joel are you know each other's daughter and 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 dad to each other even though they're not related or biologically related they're they're connected in that sense so it's a strange like father's day kind of vibe to it as well Mm -hmm. um yeah but um yeah like you can literally see ellie like trying to transform me from this kid to this adult and you really and, and again I haven't finished this game but like right now she is dealing with some internals that um that are that are hard for her to to work with this game is brutal
0: you know this game like you guys said it like this game is unrelenting this game is just you know just always on you and there's moments of levity but as soon as those moments of levity come just like you said Anthony You know, this, it's that pressure right on your chest automatically. And like we said earlier, like I I made the joke earlier, like this is a piece of media that rivals, I like, I honestly could say this, this rivals any TV show or movie that I've seen. The performances that um, Troy Baker gives as Joel and Ashley Johnson give as Ellie and you know, Laura Bailey as Abby, like these are, these are performances in this game that are truly, truly something to behold. And they are just phenomenal at this and mm-hmm. the team at naughty dog and Neil Druckmann and Halle gross, like what they've accomplished with this is nothing short of a masterpiece. And I'm so excited to dive more, um, into this tree of the, the, the holding back of spoilers, but, um, this game is just masterful and you know I was I I completed a Saturday night so yesterday when we were recording this and like after it and I was sitting through the credits which are like 20 minutes long and I was just kind of sitting there just just overcome by emotion playing it um just of the achievements that this game is and I'm just so happy that this game exists and it exists in today's period and you know I think from day one, we knew that this game, like Troy Baker even said a couple years ago, he said at the PSX that we actually attended Shay, I believe mm-hmm. um, he said that, you know, this game is going to challenge you and it's going to change everything that you think, you know, and I think that's so true because like the first game, you know, it's Joel and Ellie over everything, but you know, with this game, you're really diving deep into these people and learning about them and, and just, there's like just with anything they're they're humans and you feel their struggles and there's moments that happen and i'm like no don't do this i don't want I, I don't want her to do this but you you're there on that journey with her because nobody's perfect this is she's a human character and they made her feel that way ellie um so again i'm just so excited to dive into this more the mechanics of this game are so fun taking mm-hmm. down the infected is terrifying um taking on human characters is terrifying because they hunt you back, they flank you, they they come at you at all angles. There's even I literally was going through the options and there's an option to turn on if you want to stop the AI like the the characters from flanking you because you are literally you got to keep moving in this game. You can't really kind of hide in an area because there's going to be a dog that comes sniffing around to find you or there's going to be people searching for you. And just the amount of detail where these characters you could take somebody down and somebody beside them, I'm like, no, they got Shay or they killed Anthony. Like, the, like what? you hear this <laughs> I'm not listen, listen, I, I made sure to listen out for that. No, but like they, they call out these human names. And even though it's just a name they're calling out, there's this level of just realism in this game. Just this brutal realism. Like, Oh my God, I just took down somebody that this person knows. <laughs> and i and you feel and you feel bad you know like i I don't want to i don't want to kill any dog i love dogs (laughs) but in this game whenever i when i took like dogs down and you hear that little yelp i was just like oh my god like i just killed like like berkeley whatever their name is like these these dogs like (laughs) they just they have these names i was like oh my god like i just feel terrible and it makes you really think like Am I doing the right thing right now? Am I a am I a good person? I'm talking about Ellie. I'm not talking about Daniel. But like, am I am I a good person doing this? And I love that this game challenges you to think beyond of just a character and getting through this. Where and in chart an uncharted game because it's a Naughty Dog game. I don't think about like the the faceless henchmen that I take down. But in this game, every person that I take down, I'm like, oh my god, I'm thinking about you, and it lingers with you.
1: There's, I mean, Neil Druckmann has said this many times, the director of this game, that, you know, this game is about revenge. And I, at first, I'm like, yeah, of course it's going to be about revenge. She looks a little upset. But you don't understand the levity of this revenge that we're kind of getting in this game. Every moment, like, I, I'm, I pursued this game f- f- far past the amount of hours that I would have liked to in the first day, only because I was so angry that I needed to. Continue. I was like, I feel this revenge that Ellie is. So let me continue playing mm-hmm. and ki- and I wanted to kill everybody. Like I was going in with the intention of that. Um,
2: Dude, I kill everyone. Everybody. Everyone. No one. No one survives. You call no out that is- like, Lisa. Thank you, Lisa. I know your name. I'm gonna make a personal stab right you, in the neck. You
1: just made my list. Yeah. Like you, yeah, Anthony pulls out his journal and writes in there.
2: Lisa. Uh, Bob. <laughs> Jojo. I don't, the, I don't think there's a jo- little jo- Jimmy. Though. No, <laughs> little Jojo, big Jojo.
1: <laughs> oh, the, the
0: Jojo family's here.
1: I wish the clickers <laughs> had names too. You know, like oh no, they killed. You know, something like that. That'd be great. <laughs> but um, man,
0: my god, the like this game looks phenomenal. Like, just the graphic fidelity is insane. And mm-hmm. come, like when those when they infected are coming for you, it's literally like I feel like I'm just getting by each time.
1: I haven't been wearing my Apple Watch during this game because I'm afraid that it will call the police or the parents oh, yeah. to my house easily. Um, I also wanted to say that the the representation in this game has been absolutely huge in terms of, from a gameplay perspective, the accessibility settings um, have been beyond anything that I've ever seen in a video game. Um, and I know that I, I I'm blanking out on the on the gentleman's name who really helped Naughty Dog. I think his name's Steve Saylor.
0: Yeah, Steve Saylor, uh,
1: the yeah, blind gamer. Uh, the blind gamer, that's it. I know that he definitely helped a lot with bringing the accessibility needs to this video game because you can you know, turn inverted colors in terms of enemy characters, uh, descriptions of text. There's so much that this game gives you that it was overwhelming when I saw it. Um, beyond that, in terms of character representation, you have Ellie, who's a female lead in the game, and she's also gay. She's a gay female lead you don't see that often especially one that's that's being presented in such a you know positive light you have a character that like abby who is extremely uh jacked you again you don't see care women characters that are always these tough built women it's always you know frail or slender or extremely sexy looking it's it's none of that you have a character like lev who was played by ian alexander and he is a transgender um actor so there's a lot of great representation that I think that they've done in this game. And, you know, that's why it's been facing all this stupid, stupid backlash from this, you know, group of toxic gamers that are out there. But overall, when you're playing this game, you feel that it's so relevant and so modern in today's time, even though technically in this game, the world stopped in 2013.
0: Yeah. Or yeah, the 2013. Yeah, that's right. I was just like, Oh, wait a second. That's that's, That feels like present, but that's so like I'm like oh my god, that's seven years ago. Um, Yeah, I think Shay, you 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 said it all there. I mean, what this game does, top to bottom, in all aspects, storytelling, graphics, accessibility. Um, Yeah, that video of Steve talking about um, that he was able like to beat this game, like it was such an emotional video to watch because you know we take that for granted, you know, and Mm. the fact that this could be a game that everybody plays is absolutely. Phenomenal. That's what gaming should be. Um, And I think Naughty Dog just succeeded so, so much at that. And I can't wait to talk more about this game with you guys because it really is going to be a talking point for, I think, a really long time. And there's going to be, it's going to be divisive. You know, the story is not as, you know, like we were talking earlier, like as the first game ends, it's a very, it's an open ending, but it's also you didn't need a sequel and to come to have that that idea to revisit these characters and want to continue their journey and see these paths. I think it's going to challenge people a lot and people are going to feel divisive on it. People are going to feel it's controversial. Um, not because of stupid reasons. Like they think certain characters shouldn't be represented because fuck those people. Uh, that's, that's not an argument. Representation is not a bad thing. Are you stupid? Uh, but I think just the themes of the story and the brutality of the story, it's going to be something that people are going to talk about for a really long time. And you know what? I'm really excited to hear those conversations because I want to hear, um, that criticism from all angles. Mm -hmm. Any final thoughts before we, uh, wrap up our discussion impressions on the last of us part two.
1: I think until uh, we can dive into some spoilers, yeah. I, I I can't say much yet. Um, you know, hopefully within the week, you know Anthony and I will be done the game. I'm, oh, I'm pretty much towards the end. Anthony, you're, you're definitely still in it, but I think by the end of the week you should be okay. And uh, hopefully we can dive into some more details with uh, some good friends of ours. Definitely. Uh, yeah.
0: So before we wrap up this week's episode, we do of course have our trivia question, and guess what? It is Last of Us related. <gasps> What? What? How you many? Imagine? How many choices,
1: though? How many choices?
0: I am going to give you guys three choices in honor wow. of our friend Anthony. So just like Anthony asked three choices, yeah. And you know what? It's I'm hoping it's an easy one, but let's see how it goes. Okay.
2: Okay.
0: I don't think you guys are ready for this one. Okay. The word fuck. Is used hundred and forty-three times in The Last of Us. Which character says "fuck" the most? Is it Ellie, Joel, or Tommy? We'll start off with Anthony.
2: Ellie, that girl, fuck, like <laughs> that girl, super <swears laughs> <quite a laughs> <big. laughs> that girl fucks. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that girl says "fuck" a lot. Unless she yeah, no, it's it's Ellie for sure. And Shay, what about you?
1: Yeah, it's it's Ellie. She's uh she's got a sailor's mouth.
0: Yeah. The correct or, answer's or mouth. <laughs> the correct answer is in fact Ellie, who says the word fuck fifty three times out of the total hundred and forty three times it's said in the game.
1: That's actually that seems kinda low for her, but okay.
2: Yeah, I feel like That's she also quite a bit.
0: <laughs> That's also not including optional conversations. So, Oh. In the main script of the game 53 times. Wow. There you go. Just in case anybody asks you how many times Ellie says fuck, now you guys know. Yeah, wow. This has been a brand new episode of the last of the last of us. My goodness. That's, oh my just, that's just last of us on the brain. That's been a new episode of the movie podcast. Of course you could catch a brand new episode across all your favorite podcast services. If you want to write it and be part of the show, please head to this time with.com slash talk. Send us your last of us part two review. Send us your thoughts about the DC fandom. Let us know what you're watching. We'd love to hear from you. Um, and of course, new commentaries or commentaries are on the feed already. Catch up on some amazing episodes. Listen to our Black Lives Matter episode. Look at the show notes. Find ways that you could educate yourself. Um, And don't forget we do have our Last of Us Part 2 spoiler cast coming very, very soon um, on the show. So thank you so much for listening this week. That was this time with the movie podcasts.
1: And we'll see you next.
2: (laughs)
0: We'll <laughs>